Welcome to today's episode of Behind the Dish Softball with your hosts, Ashley Rowley, Shelby Babcock, and Dr. Allie Dake. If you haven't done so, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And be sure to follow us on social media at Behind the Dish SB. Again, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Behind the Dish SB. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Behind the Dish. We have a super cool episode. I say that all the time because every episode is super cool, but we have the founder of Behind the Dish with us today. So before we get into introducing John and kind of his story and what we're going to talk about today, I want you all to know that we had an incredible response to the last episode regarding um, body image issue and nutrition and Nancy sharing her story about her, the challenges that she had with her eating disorder in college. So thank you so much for the feedback and the emails and the questions on that. We hear you and we hear that you want more information. And so we are working to put together more information as far as nutrition coaching, mental performance, mental skills to help with any athletes or parents and coaches uh, who may be going through that. And, and in general, right, I talked with a lot of my athletes on Sunday and they said, you know, we we want more. So in my academy, we're going to do a hard focus through January and as far as we need to go on teaching them about what do you need to fuel your body as a female athlete. So stay tuned for that. We hear you. Um, we're going to build on that and we're going to get you some more information. Now, for today's conversation, we want to give you a little bit of a background on where this started. Where did we come from? Okay, so we do have the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. John Buck with us today. So John founded Behind the Dish. I mean, I don't know, John, if you were bored during 2020 and the pandemic and we're like, hey, let's start a podcast. Um, but John, just to give you a little background about John, uh, John is, uh, was it 16 years in Major League Baseball? Um, no, uh, Somewhere around there. I, I, around there. 11, 11, 11 in the big leagues, and then there's some minor league years. In there. Some minor league stuff. So yeah, John is a major league baseball. Yeah. He's a major league baseball catcher, played in the bigs for a long time. Um, all-star status? Yeah, one year. Yeah, bad. You know what? <laughs> Trying to keep it clean. Played with the Royals, played with the Blue Jays, the Marlins, the Mets, the Pirates, the Mariners, uh, and the Angels. John, you know, following his playing career, he's an entrepreneur. Um, passionate about teaching mental skills and mental performance within baseball and now opening doors to softball, which is why we are sitting here today. But he's an all around, uh, you know, we, we always say that we, we coach because sports is a platform to teach the intangibles in life and to build these kids up and set them up for success in life. And that is who John is. Right. And so that's how behind the dish started. That's why he's here. And so what we're going to do today is let, you know, let you hear from the guy behind this entire project who, you know, brought us in to say, let's do softball. We need softball. We need to start reaching these girls. Um, and we're going to have a little conversation about the differences in baseball and softball. Woo-hoo. We y'all, we're going to rip the bandaid <laughs> off. Like, dare we go there? Yeah. We dare. We dare. Social, my social media keyboard yeah. warriors is there at the group. <laughs> right? The yes and no's. So, John. You're, you're a rock star. Um, we're grateful to be here. We're grateful to have you with us today. So welcome to Behind the Dish Softball, bud. Welcome to the dark side, huh? Well, I, well, I, I don't know. It, it seems like, like I said to you before we started, it feels like the educated side. Yeah, well, there you go. There yeah, it feels like the educated <laughs> side. Oh, yeah. As, as we're talking, we 
Oh, did I write it down? John said, because girls are smarter than guys. Oh, okay. That's our title. See, see I, I, did, I did date a catcher in high school. It's the woman I married. So she, we do have this debate who can call a better game still. To this oh, day. I love that. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, honey, this whole major league credentials thing, like, I kind of did it. She was like, I, said, I could still I call a better know. game. I, know. I, mean, I, I still know. I cannot wait. Than you. That's right. yeah. going to be awesome. awesome. All right. So, so John, let's let's open this, right? Let's open this can of worms. We talk about baseball, softball. You know, one of the biggest conversations that I see is hitting, right? Is there a difference in the swing? But before we get into that, what are your thoughts on the differences between the two sports? What do you see? I feel softball is a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, your reaction times are quicker. It's played quicker. There's also, which baseball has, I mean, you're playing 162 games, in 180 days, but softball seems to dial that up quicker Yeah. Right? because you're throwing underhand. I mean, when, like I said, went and watched my wife, you know, in high school, I remember it was, on tournaments, it was nine games in a day. I mean, that's it's crazy. But it's, I thought, oh, they're going to get hurt. But I think where there isn't professional afterwards, it seems like the girls are just like, we're going all tilt for yeah. this amount of time that we have. So I think it makes your development a little bit more, but it makes the, the it changes the aspect of the game. I sure. think it keeps it fast. It keeps that slap hitting that, that, quick quick feet quick hands of a softball player i think that that really keeps that in the game keeps it relevant now i think what you're seeing bleed over of baseball because girls are bigger faster stronger now because yeah. we're getting a lot more educated on what creates a good swing because mm-hmm. biokinetically we can break it down the right swing is the right way the biokinetically if our shortest path to the ball short to it long through it yep that's science. I don't care. Science doesn't care whether that ball's big and yellow or it's white. I'm so trying <laughs> to like breathe because I 100 percent agree with you. Yeah, and I can get I can get so passionate. So, but that's also too. Sorry, not to interrupt you, but that's also the small ball game. There's technical parts to it that's correct because of softball. Well, baseball and, and we do it wrong. There are going to be subtle differences, right, between the game because we look at the reaction time, the difference in reaction time versus baseball to softball. We look at the different planes and spins that are put on, put on each pitch, right? Mm-hmm. There have to be foundational mechanics that have to happen. Mm-hmm. But then, and so I, one of the biggest debates that I run into as a hitting coach when I work with my hitters, and I'm curious to hear your feedback on this, is through my career and what I know about hitting a 70 mile an hour rise ball that's coming in at my hands, I've got to stay down through the ball with my barrel. I've got to keep my hands inside, attack the inside seam, keep my barrel down through it, almost as if I'm making a giant check mark. Because if I do that, now I'm gonna cut that spin in half and I'm gonna redirect that side rise ball spin to backspin and that's where my line drives and lifts come from, right? So to be able to do that, I teach my kids, you've got to set your feet, get your front foot down, and your hands have to get in the hitting zone before you explode your hips. And it's a subtle movement, right? Like, I'm sitting here doing it like our people listening can see me. <laughs> but but once they get the, the hands in the slot, now we can attack the inside seam and keep your barrel through the ball. Now, the biggest thing that I get pushback from other coaches is, no, your hands, your hips have to go before your hands. 
or you have no power. And I'm sitting here going, cool. Well, my hitters are short hopping a 300 foot fence. So clearly we're okay. But if I go hips before my hands, then my hands get pushed out of the zone. They come out and down. And now I've got a longer swing. I'm not short to it right now. I'm coming out and around in kind of a more of a U fashion. And so from my experience and what I teach my hitters and what I see um, and what I was taught in college, right. That's what I, that's what I see. But I will also like I watched um, Nolan Arenado when he's with the Rockies and there was one year he was in a huge slump and his front foot, man, it was just lingering in the air. And I told my husband, I was like, dude, get your front foot down, man, get it down and you'll, you're going to be fine. So for me, the, the similarities in hitting is you've got to set your feet. It starts with your feet. There are base mechanics, right? So what do you think about that, John? Well, um, Every starting force from the ground balance out all it always comes from the ground. That's yeah. where your feet are, are are stable in the ground. It's where you make contact. I just generate power, and so yes, foot has to be down. And when that hits, obviously, there's you know where it is scientifically. We can measure it out, baseball, softball. But no matter what, that ball, that ground. Because also, I did long drive right here's the ball standing right there in order to the way i take uh created torque with my swing my feet it's the same way of transferring energy Mm -hmm. as whether i'm swinging a golf ball or a bat yeah now whether i'm swinging a softball bat your body like i said it's science it creates torque the way it's going to create torque now you can't do that on a if your foot's in the air there's or if it's late or it's mistimed Right. So that timing of getting it down, like what you said, get, make sure that foot down. And I feel like it, like uh, Joey bats, right. Getting his foot down, he would hang it in the air, but when he's getting it down, that leg kicks, when they're getting it down, there's still that little time for mm-hmm. him where he's and rack seeing the yeah. ball. And that's yeah. what you're talking about. Getting that's what I'm talking about. Arnaud, where, where Dinart, whatever his last Arnado. name is whatever his name is um, <laughs> right when oh, we love you bud yeah, yeah. Adam. i don't know he made he made he made it so i had a few he was a young rookie and made me have a few bad nights so screw that guy whatever <laughs> so so if you so with his foot's hanging in the air here's what i'm talking about when his foot's hanging in the air and what he does is his left hip kind of drifts out and i know what you're yeah. talking about because I threw the pitches down and away, cut. When I would see that hanging and going away, he can't make that. He's late. So mm-hmm. if he has that in a down and I do go cutter away, things aren't – that energy isn't falling away. It's sticking to his approach because he's down. He can now hit he can hit a approach. line drive through the right center when he's, he does he's that. Not, yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not reacting to the ball. He's hitting off on an approach. Yes. He's not subject to where the ball is. And when you're late like that, Mm-hmm. Even if you're that other guy's name, you're going to be late on balls. You'll miss hit balls. You'll try to be. Well, exactly. So when I was, when I was a graduate assistant at Tennessee and this sounds really rudimentary and this is what I would do with all of my hitters, right? Before every practice and game, they get all the hitters in the outfield in a giant circle and they would count one, two, three. And that was rhythm. So one is lift the hands. Two was load plant. Three was swing. And so what I see a lot of times with my hitters is they'll go two, three, Mm-hmm. Two, three, right? And the two, three is the two is your foot better be down with your weight loaded in that back hip. And then threes explode the hands and launch the hips, right? But feeling that rhythm of two, three. So we talk timing issues, 
And that's where, and so when I, when we talk about, you know, similarities in the game, from my perspective, that's a constant that has yeah. to happen. Yeah. And I think, I think what is the really, when we're talking to the feet and that's how you create torque and power and we, you know, biokinetics have now starting to say whether you're softball or baseball, this is how you create torque with your body. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was doing the long drive after I retired. That's how they did it. Right. What? And so that's how you're biokinetically from the ground up. Now, when we start to go and you said knob down through the ball. Well, not knob. I teach elbow to that inside seam, but so whichever way you want to go elbow. I don't like knob for my hitters because they start to get wrist like flicky. Right. So I'll teach that elbow to the ball. And what that does, it's that subtle movement to where my hands will clear my back shoulder and now I can explode. But if I just keep my hands stagnant behind my back shoulder and I bail my hips, now I'm barring out that front hand and it makes me long. Yeah. And, and, and I think we're talking about mental stuff to get those simple things is when we're when we're get mechanical, mm-hmm. we're, you've named off three or four things that happen. Right. Yeah. Or this one, two, and three, one, two, and three. And then yeah. people start to get mechanical. Why we're doing those mechanical things, it's always good to train within your approach. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you're doing those mechanical things and you're not doing it off your approach, mm-hmm. your timing off of what you're swinging is going to be different. So talk that, to us. That and make sense? Now. Like, I yeah. want to play here too. <laughs> but let's let's kind of go into that approach. So, so, so what's 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 – I know in baseball, so I've called the pitches. I've called the pitches for Grinky and Harvey. Mm-hmm. I try to go inside. They can't double up and triple up there. They, and they won't do it. Because if you mm-hmm. double up and triple up in there with uh, big league hitters, they're, they're going to get you. And, you. and what you mean by double up and triple up is two in a row, three in a row. Yes. During the same pitch. Same, same yeah. form, same so pitch. so we're, 85% of the pitches are thrown where? And also in softball, where are they thrown? Where's the pitches thrown? Well, for me, where are you comfortable? Where are you comfortable? Young where lady, am I comfortable yes. Yeah. Inside all day. Inside all day. Okay. So there's, there's, you'll set a pattern there. Yeah. Right. So my approach being ahead of, I need to have my approach off of where the high percentage of where they're going to go. Yeah. Right. For me, for baseball, fastball, middle away, right center. You hear Albert Pujols, you hear Trout, you hear Mookie Betts, you hear, I mean, who, who else do we need to talk to? They're trying to hit up inside the baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get, or, or Pujols, so I'm trying to, or Trout's where I'm trying to inside out every pitch. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's mm-hmm. because how people try to pitch him, he's going off of his approach. So everything inside out, he can dominate. And the majority of the pitches are thrown middle away. Yeah. And he's yeah. going to hunt middle away. He's going to own middle away. So his approach, his one, two, three, his timing, everything off of that yeah, has to be that. off of, yeah, it has to be off of what they're going to pitch you. 85% yeah. of the pitches are being thrown middle away. Oh, now you're, now you're opposite. And that's probably why you're an outlier maybe, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> throw I, in, I, But that's not normal. Girls or anybody, any pitcher feels more comfortable out down fastball middle away. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's go with that. How many times do you throw a fastball in college? Oh, no. You, you really don't. 
No, but I wouldn't say, so there's, I mean, been a little bit of controversy over this. I feel actually on social media quite a bit. Oh, social um, media. We gotta love it, right? <laughs> um, of do you keep a fastball or do you go to other pitches, right? So mm-hmm. in softball, a fastball is a, it doesn't move. So it's a straight pitch and doesn't move. So I've always turned it into a drop ball after my girls have learned how to throw it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you want movement. You want movement on the ball. Anyone can catch up uh, any, to a fastball. Yeah, and I'm a te- I can attest to and that. And especially with these bats, as hot as they yeah. are, all you have to do yeah. is get that bat out yeah. front of the ball, and that takes your yeah. the velocity you're supplying and the, the heat mm-hmm. of these bats is yeah. high. And I, I would say the only time that I would say throw a fastball is if you cannot hit a spot with yeah. your pitch at that time. That would be the only time that I would feel that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I always say you throw your moving pitches, you throw your off-speed yeah. pitches, Um Movement at the end of the day is going to be harder mm-hmm. to hit. Mm-hmm. So that that's my well, and take that's on that you know that's sure. we talked about one of our upcoming podcasts is going to be on pitching specific mm-hmm. spin versus velocity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so if I'm calling a game, it, one I'm going to my pitcher strengths, mm-hmm. right? And Absolutely. I'm seeing where the hitter. I always teach my catchers when you get in the box, you've got to see where their feet mm-hmm. stand up. What do their feet look like? Mm-hmm. Because that's going to tell you a lot about their swing and what you want to throw. Yeah. Right? So from then there, I'm either I'm, I'm depending on that hitter, I'm working up and in more down and out. And then yeah. I'm going to work, you know, the horizontal movement pitches of our curve screwball off speed kind yeah. of scenario. Yeah. But it, it, so then if you throw a slapper in there, right. What am I as a catcher doing? I'm coming in at your hands hot All because I know you're looking down yeah. and out. And so I'm going to make prove it. Well, I'm kind of going back to the base, your base of when uh-huh. you're hitting right with uh-huh. your feet. Um, that's something that a pitcher looks at yeah. all the time, right? Mm-hmm. If you're diving in with that front foot, I'm coming in on your friggin' hands all yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. Because right? you're going to pop it up yeah. and get your hands through. Yeah. And that, you know, ties back to where I see so many, many coaches going, your hips have to go first. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, okay, well, you are never going to hit Montana Faust rise ball. No. Number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. You're not even going to hit somebody throwing hard and flat no. that's coming inside. Mm-hmm. You can't get your hands through because mm-hmm. your foot lingers, your weight comes forward, yeah. and now we're drifting, yeah. right? So, well, and coming to slappers in softball, uh-huh. right? I mean, watching their feet is huge. Huge. Huge, huge, huge. I mean, if they're tailing off to first base, of course, I'm going to go outside all day. Yep. But they are awesome. trained yeah. to go oppo. Five, six so, hole all yeah. day. We teach them so, five, six hole. If they're, if they're a trained slapper, mm-hmm. you're coming inside on them all day long. All day. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to um, <laughs> Allie's like, Allie's <laughs> Sorry, like, I'm just getting wait, going here. What? <laughs> This no, like what, what, episode, <laughs> so what so what, what I was what I was reiterating reiterating was your timing, yes. right? Yeah. Which we start with your feet. You just described how you'd pitch. I said how I would describe how I'd pitch. Uh-huh. You had a couple scenarios. You set patterns. Yeah. All of them you set patterns. You set patterns off of lefty slap hitters. You set patterns off a of, a type of pull hitter, you named off a couple, you have patterns to be able to do it. So if I'm going to set my approach, my timing, I'm going to do that off of her patterns. Like you said, I don't care fastball, cutter, slider. She has a pattern. That is the fastball. That is the fastball. And if your bat lag is covering, and it's science again, if you're going to right center with the approach, say that's your approach, because that right there has more coverage for more rooms for mistakes because my bat lag through the zone. Mm-hmm. It'll help it so the cutters, sliders, sinkers, curveballs, more room for air, which higher contact. Tony Gwynn, because his bat path would stay through. He's kind of like a slap hitter because he has those long bat and he could hold it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he would still stay inside the ball even with the contact out in front. 
And the reason he did that, that helped his bat lag create longness through the zone to help make contact put the ball in play, decrease on, on strikeouts. And what the, from the softball world, that ball's moving all over the place. Mm-hmm. And what helps you have more contact on moving pitches is when that bat is, that barrel is able to lag Basically, through the bat. The yes, correct. correct. And, so and I think they, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so let's give our listeners just, you know, kind of some, some tips on that approach piece, right? As a hitter, when did you start your mental preparation for an at-bat? Um, right after my last at-bat. So that night, I would go home. I had, say, I just got done playing in Detroit. I go back to my hotel. I have Justin Verlander on the mound the next day. I would lay down, and I have four at-bats. The four at-bats I just had, one of them I had a slider down and away. And now I'm going to, re- that I swung at and missed. So here's what our listeners can't see. I'm going to pop. I know. Okay. Pause, don't lose it. Okay. Is John literally just closed his, his eyes, eyes and visualized eyes. those at bats yep. with Verlander <laughs> on the mound. Yep. Keep going, John. So, so I'm closing my eyes again. You made me open them. <laughs> so, when, <laughs> so since you brought that up, since you brought that up, I'll, I'll tell everybody what I'm doing. That, like I said, I'm in Detroit, so I'm laying in bed. I know I can see the tiger off to right field. I can see Alpine's, uh, the statue there. I can see the scoreboard and left. I see those numbers out and right, how the, the fence jets out to right, where I took Verlander deep to right center. <laughs> uh, I got the tiger, the foul pole that has the tiger print. I'm bringing these things into my mind. Because your your brain, your sensories are going to pick that stuff up. Yep. That's going to help you attract the zone when you're in that moment. So I'm laying there in bed. I have an at-bat that I'm going to replace that something went bad. Slider down in the dirt that somebody made me swing at. All right. Now I'm going to see myself in bed. Somebody made it. you swing at it, right? <laughs> yeah. They made you. Like they yeah, made yeah, you. Made you made have to something. swing at it and just pushed you. Yeah. Right. That's right. So I, I, I take it now. I replay what I want, taking it and then driving to right field, replacing whatever bad things that I want to forget about the night before. And then I put Verlander on the mound and I run through four at-bats. Now I'm putting that timing right then. When I was telling you, I know Verlander, I bring him out because I know he throws more fastballs middle of the way, he likes to tack in. And after he tacks in, he throws that curveball that always buckled me. Yeah. So one, because that's the one I reviewed back, or if maybe in my notes, I can, I can recall it because I do the visualization every night. It's part of my habits. And now I know it's going to come. So I put that in there so that even in my bedtime, I'm boom, I'm hitting that and I'm hitting it right off his face. He may buckle me and I'm going to have, I may have things that can refocus me back into my at bat is when I get buckled, I'm like, all right. I'm going to hit this off your face and then your hot girlfriend's not going to like you. <laughs> right. Sorry. So that's funny. So see, exactly. <laughs> okay. so this is a real thing that happened. That was, that was amazing. And I'm going to ask Allie a yeah. question. Yeah. Because now we talk about differences, baseball, softball. Let's talk about female athletes, male athletes. You visualize, and, and I'm wired this way too, right? Hitting a ball off his face mm-hmm. and I'm going to off his face. So I tell, I tell hitters back up the middle. Like, and when I teach top hand power, I say, imagine you're punching the pitcher in the stomach, right? Cause it gives them that visual now, because I've had, I've had my girls been like, well, I don't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> what What do you hear when you do your mental coaching, Allie? I mean, that's that's very much like the guys are like, I'm going to get this off your face, right? <laughs> Maybe you would say the same thing. Well, I would, but I know that some of my athletes said, will be like, oh my gosh, but, what am I, but, what? Well, then, then that's not the analogy you use for that athlete. If that's yeah. a reaction, like, okay, well then what is it that's going to make you drive you to mm-hmm. hit it that mm-hmm. hard, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to, whatever it is, yeah. then that you find and you use their words back so that when they're doing their visualizations that every night, like John, because that's what I teach too, John, and that's what John and I teach. Um, is you revisit the game for five minutes, find the errors that you made and where you need. And then that's what you visualize at night. So that when you do your transition and you're in your affirmation state mm-hmm. and you're walking up to the, the play, you already know what you've got it. Mm-hmm. Right. But that work doesn't start as you're walking up the plate. You've already done that work. And, and, and like, so whatever that drive is, is what you use. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. Yeah. And, Everybody's and, different. and also too. So since you kind of turned it into a uh, hit off his face, I'm actually what I'm, <laughs> What I'm actually trying to do is I got you to laugh. Right. So, right? Yeah. so I am trying to kind of defibrillate my brain because I'm, yeah. I'm pissed that he just yeah. buckled me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. I'm in front of 40,000 people. I knew he was going to do it. Yeah. So I have this structure already like, and it's a made up almost scenario. Like I'm going to hit off his face. Now his hot model girlfriend's not that's sitting on yeah. the, like and I can feel that. And it, and, it, and it re and it refocused me because it, I had some enjoyment there. I laughed yeah. at myself for a second. All right, I got this because I know I what's coming next. Because yeah. Yeah. I just visualized a fastball down and away, which I kind of alluded to already, my visualization, uh-huh. a driving way. And then it's so weird when it happens and you're there intuitively, you'll start to be like, oh, I've been here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you will attract the zone or flow state, spirit, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Things slow down. You become familiar with that. And then and when, so and you've had home runs before when you've done it. Stay in front of it. You yeah. stay in front of that voice in your head, like, oh, I just did that to me. Damn, I'm going to lose. I'm not going to. And instead, you refocus. And whatever that driver is, is what you already have practiced doing. So you can bring that enjoyment. Uh-huh, I'm going to get you. Like, and bring that yeah. enjoyment back. See, and, I, and I had that pre planned thing yep. of what I'm, I'm going to say some things because I'm doing it to almost make myself laugh again. Mm-hmm. That's not very serious that bring up his girlfriend who's sitting right, but it's, it brings me something back to the middle, yeah. back to the moment. Grounding to where, him back. It grounded him it. back. So, and everybody has their different motivator into doing that. But what one key point that I want to highlight is you replayed what you wanted to happen. happen. You saw yourself succeeding. So another thing I want you to touch on, and then Shelby, I want to ask you your kind of preparation for on the mound. Mm-hmm. Right. But so you touched on something, John, that, you know, I'm, he just buckled me. I'm pissed, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a hothead. I had no idea in college how to curb and manage that frustration. And so what would I do? I would choke my bat like I was going to break it in mm-hmm. half and I would go harder, 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 like, <laughs> right? That was not the right approach. So John and Allie, you know, for our hitters who, if they, whether it's BP in practice or they go 0 for 3, what are some tools or some things they can do to curb that frustration, manage it, and, and pull themselves back into that relaxed state, like you just said, make yourself laugh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's a, here's a pre, pre-game routine I'll do. I do right-handed swings, five quadrants at each swing, okay? I do five with the heavy bat, five with the medium bat, five with the light bat. So I go heavy right. But here's, here's the brain to recheck where you're at. Here's a pregame thing. One, you practice self-discipline. You flip over the other side. That's not your normal side. Mm-hmm. 
right? You, all you have is your brain. Yeah. You're teaching this little, uh, so pre, I have a pregame routine for that. So I do right-handed swings, five quadrant, up and in, up and away, down and in, down and away, down the middle. And I hit off my approach. Then I flip around to the other side. That self-critical person shows up in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Just, just going to the other side. Oh, I, I feel silly. I don't feel as good. This feels. So, do you swing the bat from the left side, then? Oh, like absolutely. Can... Wow, I don't know if I would. That'd be yeah, yeah. I know. You know why you should do that? Why do you think the Japanese throw? Your body, right, mm-hmm. equal to every opposite. Yep. It's been proven the quicker you can swing on the other side because you weed out. Uh, insufficiency in your body and weaknesses mm-hmm. right it weeds that out not only does it weed out physically right you become ambidextrous and more athletic and coordinated but it's a mental drill anyways yeah you're yeah. only loosening you're telling me it's not healthy to swing from the other side i mean i try to no, i think it's healthy side. i'm just I'm not envisioning like that little yeah. self-criticism i'm like oh that'd be ugly are, <laughs> are, you, you started it right there i don't know if yeah. i could do it that is the exercise i'm talking about you mm-hmm. So that you said, what are some things that you can do? I'll tell you what, not say I can't do that. The first thing it says, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get more confident. It would be interesting. But now here's a thing that I'm curious to ask you. And and Dr. Ali is being amazing as uh, welcome to mom life. My little one is home and she's hollering for snacks and and Dr. Ali's going to get a second. So thank you for that. (laughs) I ran some cookies to her. Um, Yeah. She's just taking her whole tub of cookies. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and that was that nutrition thing we were talking it about. Was. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. That's probably sentence. That's probably sentence. And she's good uh-huh. again for the next five minutes until she wants four more cookies. But you know, and, and tell me, I, I'm curious your your perspective on that, right? If I tell a uh, one of my hitters to turn around from the left side, female athletes, we're automatically wired to be perfectionists. Oh yeah. Right? So they're going to, they're going to feel this failure. Like why this is, I'm terrible. And is, that's the self-talk that's, that's going to start to spiral in. This is, we're in a game of failure taught by negative people wanting positive results. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's ah, poetic. That's, yeah. <laughs> and, and all we're doing is, t- is think about how a lot of coaches, they, they self, they criticize, they don't coach. Mm-hmm. They criticize the action, not reiterate what they want you to do. Yeah. How do we fix that? Makes it? Sense. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're too busy criticizing. So then it's called spilling milk syndrome, right? Don't swing at that high pitch. Mm. What just flashed through all our minds, a high pitch, high right? Pitch. Right? <laughs> right. So if, if we, if we start to say, I'm going to, I'm controlling, I'm keyhole this ball down and away. I didn't say don't swing at a high pitch. Mm. If I'm yelling down to my girls, Hey, keyhole her, get your pitch. Yeah. After we'll she swings that high pitch, that's that same exercise. Mm-hmm. You're learning to train that right after failure. That's that secret sauce, ladies. Yeah. If you and, can, and it's hard for athletes to get there because you it's just said it. Just you're a perfectionist. Yeah, yeah, you have emotional. Why do you think I got to say, "Hey, Verlander's girlfriend, watch me hit this off your boyfriend's face"? <laughs> at the time, why? Because it's it's. It's hard. I have to defibrillate my, I have to do something. It's what you need at that time. Right? I had, I had to make something, I had to put something silly out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To defibrillate me. Cause yeah, I knew that curveball was coming and I trust me on my skin's crawling. Well, and and that's where that visualization, like when John closed his eyes, but the key was him closing his eyes 
was it was natural because he's been practicing it, but he also said he does it every night. Mm-hmm. Well, along with those practices every night come that verbalization, mm-hmm. the affirmations, mm-hmm. right? Telling yourself and, and then having that backup. So when it when that affirmation is potentially not working when you're at the plate, how do I pull myself and stay in front of my voice in my head? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what is key because otherwise, otherwise you take it. Well, and that, and that's why my left-handed drill is good is because right away you see, we go to that. We're humans. We're problem solvers. Yeah. And then you're, that's, I don't care how you look. It's, <laughs> it's going to increase your bat speed on the other side. Absolutely. And then and, you're and you gonna can see get, it better. You yeah. can see the ball better yeah. when you get back. And who cares about what you look at? You're doing T work for all your self criticism and also hitting, teach yourself how to swing left-handed. You're going over the fundamentals, what you're really going to do on the other side. And all I know, the more I coach, the better I become as a player. Yeah. All my kids. It's actually funny. Yeah. Thing you're all going to hit from the opposite side of the play. Well, yeah. just, make, just so you know. Well, just it's just do a pregame said. with it. Pre-game. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been actually trying to practice pitching lefty mm-hmm. to teach myself kind of a little differently. Like I, I know how to pitch right-handed, but I go to this left side and I'm like, okay, wait a second. This girl may be feeling this part that I'm feeling here and this part. And well, no wonder they can't feel their fingers because they're having to train mm-hmm. their hand. Right. It's, it totally makes sense. And I've, I've also, been trying to do that too. And, and also think as you as an athlete. So as you're trying to educate yourself and learn, you're mm-hmm. not only you're learning about how your body's moving through space. Mm-hmm. Just by you bringing that up, you're learning about your body. Yeah, you've now become a better pitcher. Well, and you're not going to pitch in the game with it, but your body it, also becomes more balanced. That's mm-hmm. that's really why I'm asked each. I was like, dude, why? Like, you're a better hitter than me, right-handed. Why don't you switch hit? Just 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 keep my body balanced. Mm-hmm. The best hitter in the game. Uh, that was my one little thing that I asked him at the All-Star game. Like, why why don't you do that? It's just to keep my body balanced. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and he awesome. does it every single day. Wow. Well, within that balance comes that cognizantness of, of also of your body. So it's it, it well, now your now your mind is telling that body what to do instead of letting that old habit or the wrong habit or the hitting it so you don't buckle right mm-hmm. you're you've now trained your brain to take control over mm-hmm. the body and mm-hmm. not the other way around mm-hmm. well and, and i've done some you know research on this and i tell my kids all the time on average it takes 66 days for a newly learned skill to become a habit right that's two months of constant repetition every day and that's not just physical Mm-mm. reps and movements that's yeah. mental as There's, well mm-hmm. we had uh, uh here's me talking about visualizing I mean, and, and we don't use that S word. Do you know what S word I'm talking about? Um, it's a, it's not in our slump. Oh, okay. I was like, uh, I was like, uh, where are we going? Uh, it's with a big, it seems like all these. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we don't use that word. I may have been in something that would resemble us that, uh, bad one something, who knows? And, but it, I had a, my mental, like we just said, I was out of whack. I was told by my mental coach to put some mental, uh, put some music on, walk down, up and down Chicago. I remember it was Chicago Avenue. And I remember walking up, I can see it now. Nike factory there, just walking down. And I had to sit, I hit solid. I hit solid. I hunt fastballs, I hit solid. It took, it stripped away everything. Everything that all that data that was going in my brain, mm-hmm. all I needed is the essence. And it was funny. 
when I inundated my set, I hit solid. It was like at the, when I went to the yard, I was like, yeah, come on, Mark Burley. Come on. It wasn't much of a fastball, but, uh, you know, I went to hunting, hunting, looking and going to the yard, knowing what I was going to do. And I felt it because yeah. I've been reiterating to myself all day long. I hit solid. That's who I am. I suffocated anything else in my mind and obsessively yeah. I had solved. Your brain solved. doesn't know the difference between reality and the non-reality. So if you're telling your brain, you're visualizing and you're telling it and you start to feel it, you've replaced the emotion with the, with the emotion of success. That's mm-hmm. why it's so important. Whatever you tell yourself, you're going to believe yeah. whether it's you I are suck or think. I'm a great hitter. You are the, the funny thing is, was when, when I did that, I had this, I hit solid, I had solid, I hit solid. That's all I was saying to myself. Mm-hmm. But this this mental imagery as I was walking, I could and I could see your eyes going up and to the right. You're thinking about hitting stuff already. Mm-hmm. Thinking solid. You could see that, feel that in your body, in your mind's eye, you know what that is. Mm-hmm. It was like my body was taken over. I had these images of solid hits that I've had recently and in the past. So I started to believe, yeah, I hit solid. By just saying it over and over, I hit solid. Well, there's there's so many, and hitting specifically, right? But, you know, I'll always tell my kid, my athletes, you need to tell your body what you want it to do on this next rep. But, you know, when I go into hitting, so it's really a fine line when you teach hitting. You can give too much instruction, and now they have a long to-do list going through their minds. But teaching them to feel, I need you to feel your feet. Mm-hmm. And that's really been one thing I've been hanging on to is feel your feet. And by feeling your feet in the ground, mm-hmm. you're going to feel the rhythm of your load. And now we attack the ball. He's laughing at me like, yeah. No, I, I see you. You're bringing it all back around. I love I, it. I, I am, I'm, I am. I'm ready to blah already. Right. I know. <laughs> um, but we also do, you know, when they come, when my athletes come in and, and every time I get an, a new athlete, this is always really icky because I'll tell them, I'll say, all right, before we start working out, what's your mental goal? Mm-hmm. What's going to be your focus mm-hmm. mostly? What's your physical goal? What are we going to improve on today? And what is your I am statement? And basically it's fill in that blank. I am, right? Mm-hmm. And I always tell them the ones that feel awkward are the ones you need to say over and over and over. And you need to say it until you believe it. Yeah. Okay. I love so, it. On the mound, Sheldon, walk me through. Walk us through that side. Like your mental preparation on the mound. So, I mean, I was actually thinking about this while we were continuing to talk I feel like it was very different from like club ball for me going into college ball. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, in college ball, we have video, right? Mm-hmm. And we watch mm-hmm. that all the time. Um, and it's funny because I go back to club ball and I feel like I didn't think as much as I did as soon as I got to college and started watching a bunch of film. Mm-hmm. So going back into the college realm and watching all of that film, I had to figure out how to absorb all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And understand to not freak out when I got on the mound and have a million different things running so through my breathe head. And throw. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, so this girl hit the drop ball and then the change up and then the right. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. So where do we, how do we approach this? Right. And then I had to go back to what was my, where was I confident in what I, what I throw? Like I was a drop ball and rise ball pitcher when I went into college mm-hmm. and that's what I had to be confident in throwing. Um, and that's where I kind of came back and I'm like, you know what? visualizing was a huge thing for me. I had to learn that big time and going back to what you're talking about, right. Of practicing that daily. I just want to say to all the athletes listening right now, it's something you have to continue practicing. So many of my girls come in. Well, I tried that and it didn't work. 
Okay. Oh, well, you need to keep trying it and keep working well, on that because it's so big. And when I first started visualizing, yeah, I didn't. I, I rarely saw myself succeeding. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to train yeah. yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's and yeah. a lot of a lot of a lot of people who are self-critical and hard on themselves, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Do visualize in self-deprecating ways, far mm-hmm. as because they're they're we're problem solvers. We're preparing ourselves yeah. to deal with this failure. Yes, that's the ultimate worst thing in the world. So we're yeah. going to protect ourselves, but we're arriving ourselves where we can go because yeah. there's only there's only one rule, and there are no rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the, who's the rules to say that any of that, right? Yeah. And 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 two to iterate what you were saying. Notice how you said when I when I got back to throne, I became me, and I really felt. You said what you said that you you got to have. You said the recipe right there with your pitching. Soon yeah. as I got to me, what I knew that I felt that was me, I got back to me. That's yeah. you. you, and you and felt, I felt, yeah, and I you know in my experience, I came in and I had I had four different pitching coaches throughout my career. Mm-hmm. So I never, I never truly meshed with one and really understood their philosophies. Mm-hmm. I went in again as a rise ball, drop ball, change pitcher. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that was my bread and butter. I did awesome with that. And then I, I got changed to East West and I, I, my, my freshman year was a, a very big wake up call for me. Well, but, but you have, and a lot of athletes do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, pure athleticism. And you were able to get by on that in high school. Was, you get uh-huh. to college, it's and now you have to game. you have to learn how to pitch. You guys, I had to learn how to throw all over again when I got to the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. My freshman year, that. we're warming up, right? And coach walks up to me and says, "Ash, you have sight spin on your throw." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yes, ma'am." I, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. She took the ball out of my hand and gave me a spinner and said, "I need twelve to six spin. Mm-hmm. You'll throw with this until it's gone." And it took me eight weeks, and I was like. I'm sorry, what? Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, here I'm a freshman at the University of Florida and I'm mm-hmm. having to learn how to throw properly. Yep. And I, I had to relearn a rise ball too. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, they strip you of everything. And if you don't learn that spin, you ain't going to throw it in a game. Yep. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. So if I you think have, you got you, you have to be, you have to be every level you go to be able to, to take mental stress. And here's the other thing take on the new information, mm-hmm. filter it and use it. And yeah. still know, I got to perform. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. reducing those thoughts helps me be in the zone and perform yeah. and be consistent. Yeah. Right. But being able to handle this change and all the mental mm-hmm. crazy parts that it takes to be able to do that and strength and self discipline, yeah. and you know, it takes a lot. And then to be able to come over and to drop it all. Hey, there's a practice and now let's go perform. There's, there's, a couple different types of mental uh, attributes you got to have, you know? And so, and so when we're saying mental game, that's why it always feels all over the map because nobody, one person is the same, right? How you dealt with stress is different than Allison and, and so on and so forth. We just, we are different as people, right? So the mental game, you may not even need to hear any of this. You need to keep it a little more simple and visualize a little more positively. Well, and that that's exactly right. I yeah. had to simplify a lot of it yeah. because I felt like I was overwhelming my brain. Yeah. Where I almost felt like I got the yips a little bit. Yeah. In there. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't even know how to work my body <laughs> now. Like, right? Versus, yeah. like, I just I had to make sure my pre-pitch talk was just something simple. simple. Breathe here comes my best drop ball down and out. And, right here. Here it comes. And, and some of the best mental game is it's so simple, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And, and that's maybe that's where you need to be is, is you need to reduce your thoughts. Yep. You yep. know, yep. But we could go on for hours with this and we will pick up with this conversation. And we, the, the cool part about the, the realness and the authenticity of our conversations is we start with a difference in baseball, softball, and then we go down a rabbit hole because we get so passionate and I'm not surprised that we went to mental <laughs> approaches and visualization, yeah. which is really, really cool. But you know, to, to kind of wrap this one up a little bit, Dr. Ali and John, for our athletes who have never visualized before and don't know how to, what tips and tools would you give them to help start that practice? Allison, you want to go first, then I'll go? Yeah, so, so you go ahead and I'll finish it. So which, which um, I don't know, which, which, which. Okay, I'll go. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's say you have an athlete, right? That is like, I don't know how to visualize. I'm struggling. I'm in my head. How do I get out of my head, right? And you're trying to teach them how to see themselves succeeding. Where yeah, I just, I'm, 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 I'm debating. Like, I, I'm, I'm going in my head. Do I, I think almost they need to know where they're going. You have to have a well-defined goal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like well-defined goal. Yeah. I made that well-defined goal on that day that I walked around Chicago telling you I hit solid. That was well-defined. Mm-hmm. And it played out that way. I didn't add all this other stuff to it. I need to, that's as, as simple as form. That's the number one thing. Have a well-defined goal. Now, how you get that goal, I think you should take some time. Depending, depending how much time, and, and this is where you should probably look in the mirror. How bad do I really want it? If you, if it feels so beneath you and feels so silly to sit down for a half hour, 45 minutes or an hour, like I did, even while I was in the big leagues, when I did this and write down, like, I'm going to hit 330 and a hundred in real Pacific. I'm going to do it by doing X, Y, and Z very Pacific. And if you don't think you're worth it, then you're really not that 300 hitter or whatever goal you want to get to after you find that well-defined thing. Cause that, that gives you deliverables and objectives of where you're going, a real defined goal of where you're going. I think that's, that's why I was like, do I give her drills or some things? But I think if you don't know exactly where you're going, you're going to fall short. Where you want to go. And and it should scare the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should scare. It should make, I don't want to tell you. I didn't want to tell people when I was 12 years old that I was playing in the big leagues because people would laugh at me. Like, I don't want people to know, like my goal, my goal is now as an entrepreneur. (laughs) He was hitting the ball into the parking lot, like four lanes down in the, in little league. Like, yeah, it was so obvious. (laughs) But, but the other thing is too, is I, I had uncles who played football who went, uh, went to Nebraska and they were the first school that had the psycho cybernetics, the University of Nebraska. And he brought these tapes home to me. And I remember this, whether it was gymnastics, whether it was BMX racing, skiing, football, my uncle and Irving Fryer and all these people that I just thought, whoa, like, right? They're there's God's word. Cause these are these division one athletes going to be pro and they're handing me these tapes, visualize it. And I did it a lot. I'm a little OCD, right? So, but Wait, I did it a lot. How old are you? Uh, uh, I was nine or ten. Nine, 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 nine and ten years old. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I had uh, 
just an early age of, and I saw the benefits because I was doing gymnastics. I was doing all these athletic, you know, I was very gifted, but I could tell I was different because the way I observed the game. Yeah. The way, and it was because of this visualization stuff mm-hmm. that my uncle was, that they were doing it University of Nebraska, you know, the psycho cybernetics when it was early science. Yeah. And so I was just lucky to be able to, and to, you know, have those skills to help recall with pitches, to recall with hitters, and to be able to slow the game when it speeds up. My skills of, you know, how I think now. But I think being have the number one thing is having a well defined goal helps it all fall in place. It helps you understand where you're going. Yeah, right. And I think just sometimes if you don't even know and you're trying to figure out that that goal, um, when we say look back into the game and see where where you want to improve, that's where you can start that goal. Because you can have a whole bunch of goals that you're not sure which one to start with. And mm-hmm. so spend your time looking back in the game and not necessarily just at the, your errors, but at where in your primary position, how you can be better and then get that confidence like Shelby was talking about. And then put some goals around that is a really great space to start if you've never done visualization. And then you start to take that position that, um, and you start to perfect it and speak it, speak it. Um, I'm the best left fielder. I catch every fly ball that comes out, right? Whatever, whatever it is, you start to visualize it and you visualize the, the grass under your feet and the ball flying through the air mm-hmm. and your glove going up and your hand coming in and coming back out the whole entire process, all the way throwing it back home. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in so that it is so natural and so instinctual that now when you visualize it and you're out in the field, your, your mind has replayed, that is what your mind sees to do when it gets in that situation. Mm-hmm. But it, to, if you haven't ever set a goal inside of the game, like what John's talking about, you have to know your goal. But if you've never, ever, ever done that before and ever thought of it like that, could be daunting. <laughs> only yeah. you only spend five minutes looking back into a game because the, the point isn't to get down on yourself, mm-hmm. it's to take out the moment of which you can learn from and improve upon. And so that is key when you're looking back into the game and evaluate and taking that time to evaluate it. Absolutely. To start the visualization process. Mm-hmm. So. And two, uh, having those goals doesn't necessarily, uh, it's just hit 300 or nothing. No. Having well-defined goal is being more than a baseball player, more than a softball player. Absolutely. To be that, to be That's that three. Yeah. Being that three, being that all-star pitcher, a division one pitcher, like you're, like you were saying you want to get to, it wasn't about, you got to be a well-defined individual. Yes. The disciplines in your life got to be consistent or, or thoughts are going to pop up. Right. That thoughts, somehow thoughts will pop up and that'll and it, derail it. So that, sure. I can oh, tell you question. that on that note, John, a lot of the girls that I work with um, in the game, they're, they're doing great. They're awesome. They're right on track for where they want to be. It's all the peripheral stuff that's mm-hmm. going on that I spend time shedding that away, looking at the pie like we've talked about on here. Where is the unbalance? Oh, you're not having enough enjoyment, then we need to add some enjoyment, right? Mm-hmm. You're, what, do you, what is fun for you? And, and take it apart so that when they step back into the field, into the dugout, when they're putting their uniform on and they're doing their visualizations the night before, they're back in that enjoyment flow state mm-hmm. so that when they're in the game, 
they're clear, they're free. They know what they're there for and they know their purpose. And we spend a lot of time purpose-driven. Why are you playing the game? What is your mission? What is your vision, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's going to be so many things that come up that we're trying derailing. All all day When it gets hard. Yeah, it's called life. Yeah, and it's not just in the game. It's not just because you buckled with the ball. It's because I had a fight with my boyfriend or my friend, right? I had a bad friend. I think baseball and softball and its similarities helps set up very successful in business or whatever. So we learn how to deal with failure. Yes. You're learning. This is a failing game. Yep. You're learning. You're learning how to fail. We're the best failures in the world. Think about that. Who says that's the fact that see, and this is how, this is how optimistic I am. Everybody else takes failures as, as a negative connotation. Yep. Why? Because yeah. everything that's come out of my life that's been good has been some astronomical failure at the beginning. Because now yeah. you know but what not to do. Yeah, that's what oh. I was saying. It's, that's that experience. That's yeah. that need. And if well. I'm not too dumb or selfish or egotistical to not experience that failure and learn from it, mm-hmm. I always fall for it. But if you that's look... Why. If you, yeah, but that's also why softball and baseball players are good because we're good at that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're good at getting our butt kicked and then we're good at getting our butt kicked. And ultimately, <laughs> and ultimately, that's what that yeah, excuse me, that's what separates the elite athletes from those who don't really progress because it's learning how to fail forward and grow from that failure and adjust and learn. The ones who can't do that, they will never grow in this game in these games. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it gets way too hard and then it's not fun. Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, we can all sit here and share stories about how embarrassed we were on the field probably, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. how you come back the next day and yep. it, is, it is what it is. That's, a spe- that's the special yeah, part yeah, is yeah, be yeah, able to learn right? from it. Well, and, yeah. you know, I had this conversation yesterday and then I know we should probably yeah. stop talking at some point, but yeah, we do. <laughs> I tell my catchers, I challenge them. I say, the rule is, is I want two pickoff attempts a game. Because you're never going to master that skill if you don't throw the ball. I don't care if you throw the ball into right field. Guess what? Nobody died. Mm -hmm. Make your adjustment and do it again. Throw the ball again. But they're so great at that to make a move. And what you do by doing that too is think about as a manager or a coach, when you give your girls freedom to be creative with their pickoffs with no outside uh, uh, consequences, you get get creativity creativity of that's making plays and that's that's how it's just go in there. yeah, yeah. Fear, fear of failure fear of making mistakes that'll yeah. be a topic y'all have yeah well because fear creates more thoughts and, if you have fear what about this what about this and then you're searching oh i got a foot down i got it all thoughts yeah 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 that's a good one okay we have to end this as amazing as ben good yeah I got, i'm gonna go meet brooke for lunch perfect time <laughs> John, thank you um, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank for, you so much. Um, that was bringing fun. us into the behind the dish family. We are more than ecstatic, on fire, and passionate about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. About bringing these conversations. Um, on a personal note, I love how you love us strong women out here and are supporting this um, softball community and strong women in general. So thank you. Thank and you. recognize yes. the need for these conversations within yeah. our female athletes and yeah. our softball community. So, well, I think uh, baseball and softball are going to go to a new level. Cause I think there's a lot of people feeling the same. We are uh, look at major league baseball hiring. Uh, I think it's good to Great bring up. Yeah. 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 That's but, awesome. Uh, I think it's just showing that 
you know, people, Good ba- good ball needs to be played with good ball players. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yep. You know? Yeah. So and, you know, we um, talk a lot about, you know, we talk about differences in the game, but the commonality was that mental skill, that mental foundation, that, mental. that approach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, ladies, thanks too for uh you've refueled me, like I said, uh with behind the dish and some of the stuff I've had. Uh so I'm very excited, very proud, and uh uh really really optimistic where our future's going now that I got y'all on the team. So guys, the women. Yeah. Look forward Thank to it. You. Dr. Allie, take us home. <laughs> you can follow us on behind the dish dot us and all the social media platforms, Facebook, Insta, TikTok, LinkedIn, LinkedIn all of them. Oh, we're there. We appreciate um, all of you. And please, again, send in those suggestions for any other topics you would love to hear. We've gotten a great list growing and we're putting together some really great upcoming shows. So thank you. Make it a great thank day. You. Have an awesome day. Thank you for spending your time with us today. We appreciate the opportunity to get to share our experiences and knowledge with you. If you haven't had a chance yet, please hit that subscribe button so you can tune in on future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media at Behind the Dish SB for future episode information and guests. Make it a great day.